0: Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Array. There is nothing I love more than chatting with fellow founders, especially people who've started businesses with their partners, since it's such a fun dynamic and one that I am all too familiar with. I connected with today's guest, Cass D'Amico, influencer and founder of Orium on Instagram, and we started talking about the fact that we would both founded our businesses with our partners. If you don't already know, Orium is a jewelry brand that you see all over Instagram, on the chicest celebrities and the coolest influencers, and it's a jewelry line that I personally can't get enough of. Today's conversation is fun and casual. Cass and I talk about founding our businesses, how Orium became what it is, and so much more. So with that, let's welcome Cass to the show. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Me too. So um, first things first, prior to being an influencer and starting Orium, you were a buyer. So tell me about your time as a buyer.
1: So basically I did that um, when I graduated college. I had an internship and then that was kind of always my dream job. And my dream job was to eventually work for like Intermix or Revolve or shop up and all of these brands that I like now work with as an influencer, but it was a lot of fun. Obviously it's a totally different world. I was working for a department store, so it was extremely corporate. Um, but I am glad that I got that corporate experience cause it was definitely taught me how to be much more professional. And it, mm-hmm. it was kind of like being a buyer is also a lot to do with working with brands and kind of like building relationships with brands, you know, like your vendors. So, I feel like I really got a good experience to apply that to my influencer life once I decided to leave. And also I feel like I apply just kind of that same like I, and I love always being on the hunt for like what the next best things are, whether it be fashion, beauty, lifestyle, whatever. Now I kind of have a all encompassing of what I cover, but I feel like I kind of take that buyer approach when I'm looking things like it's just kind of how you look at things. I don't think it ever goes away.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. Um, When I was obviously doing my research for the interview, like I, I read that you were a buyer and I remember initially, like when I saw your account, I was like, she has to have like experience in this area. Like I feel like you have such a look and I don't know, like I think like it just kind of shows that you come from that world.
1: Thanks. I mean... I feel like it's still like a fun job like I'm always like "Hmm, I wonder if maybe down the line I would have like my own you know shop up one day where I'm like carrying a bunch of other brands too but not not anytime soon obviously (laughs) but I feel like I enjoy just curating like what everyone needs like for the season kind of you know
0: Yeah. I mean, you have your hands full right now with being an influencer and a brand Mm -hmm. owner. So uh, we're going to get all into that as well. Um, But before we do, how did you transition from being a buyer into an influencer? Like, did you realize that that was something you wanted to do? Like, like, tell me about that whole journey.
1: I was kind of just doing it on the side because I worked for, so I used to work for Lord & Taylor in Hudson's Bay. And because I was in such a corporate atmosphere, it was so not like as trendy as I wanted to be doing. Like it wasn't really in line with my like style. So I feel like I kind of started blogging to create almost like a resume and Mm -hmm. to show off like my taste level. Cause before Instagram, that was the only way you could really like showcase your style was to have maybe like a website or a blog. So that's kind of where it originated. Obviously, I never put much time into it because I had a full-time job. But then I would say in 2000, so I quit my job in April of 2017. And I would say like that previous October, I don't know, something in me clicked. I think it was because I was working such long hours at my job that I was just like, this is crap. Like I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) I want to work on my own thing. So I kind of like, shifted gears in my head. But even though I still was working full time, I was like really focusing more on my blog and trying to like build that up. And I think it was just kind of great timing in terms of Instagram, gaining more popularity. And I was kind of like really focusing on it. And like everyone who I worked with knew that I had a blog and I was like working with brands and it was just, I don't know, one day I got to a point where I had a few contracts in place that were like multi-month contracts that I was getting paid for. And I just had this like positive attitude that I was like, I'm going to quit like this. I'm, I know that if I'm making X doing it like only one day a week, that if I quit and do it full time, that I can really do it. I just had like a lot of confidence and a lot of faith in myself and I really believed in myself and I just went for it and quit. And it was the best day ever.
0: Honestly, like I, like a similar story for me as well. Um, actually like I started my blog to take as like a resume almost to magazines when I was applying. Cause I didn't come mm-hmm. from a journalism background, but you know, I, I knew that I, I belonged in editorial. Like that was really like my passion. And while like I, I got my job at L after showing them my blog and stuff, right, I think, like, that's one of the things that contributed. And I was working on my blog as well, like, on the side while at Elle. And when I left, it was, like, one of those decisions where I, like, traveled with me when it was, like, okay, like, it's time to work on Array as well. It's, like, you know, I think that your business gives to you what you give to it. And so, you know what you're saying about your blog, even like working on it a little bit, as opposed to a lot, you have such conviction that it'll like pay off because why wouldn't it? So like, it's a very similar story.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's always important. Like I'm such a firm believer in just whatever you believe in yourself will come to life. So it was kind of like, I knew I wasn't gonna fail. I literally had no thoughts that it would fail. So I didn't. Like I like really believe that it's kind of that simple. You really have to train your mind to be positive and believe in yourself and like give yourself that like attitude that you could do anything to help you be able to actually do anything.
0: I love that. And it's so true. Like it's it's honestly like such a big part of like how. I, I live and like how a lot of successful people I've spoken to as well, and even just from a, like a practical perspective, like I think that there is like an energy around this sort of attitude, and you almost like attract it into your being. But also, like you know, they say that you should start businesses when you're more naive about it because you almost don't have it oh in my God, you yes. to like criticize, right? So like that's like yes, the I most common so piece naive. of advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I was so naive. I think that's something, a quality about myself that I have in general, that is probably a good thing. Like, I'm just, I'm very naive. I'm very like, oh, that's easy. I could do that. Like, I think I just like have a part of me that's kind of like that to be able to, I don't know. You kind of have to.
0: You have to. And like, even when it comes to launching a business, like, you know, like a brand, and I'm sure you went through this with Orium as well, where like- if you dissect and analyze, like you'd probably be like, well, maybe, maybe not, you know? But then if you're just like, no, like I see, you know, a white space here and I can do it, then like, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Like
1: we didn't really have any connections in the jewelry industry or I had never previously worked in the jewelry industry. And that's kind of like what most people in that world are. It's like their families have connections or whatever. So, and I just kind of went into it being like, okay, like we're making a jewelry line. Like we're going to make this happen. So
0: that's so cool. So why did you decide to go into jewelry?
1: It was definitely something that I always had like such a passion for. And then I kind of just exactly what you said. Like I saw a white space in the market and I felt like there was such a miss for like certain things that I personally wanted. Like I felt like Every time I saw something that I really loved the aesthetic, it was either either way too expensive or didn't look expensive. <laughs> so I wanted to really create something that you could wear and someone would have no idea how much it costs. Like if they knew better, they would maybe think it costs like thousands of dollars. So that's kind of like where it came about. And I was walking into a lot of these like designer stores and something my mom always was a big like would always tell me i loved wearing costume jewelry growing up and she would always be like for all the costume jewelry you have like you could have diamonds you know like she was always just like don't pay thousands of dollars for something that's like a brass necklace you know Mm -hmm. so i think that's where it came about where i wanted it to look really expensive but also be a more accessible price
0: point love that and Like even before you decided it was jewelry, did you, did you always know you wanted to start like a product line or anything like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely, when I was at, um, my buying job, I actually was doing a lot of product development. So I worked in shoes and I was, I created a product, like an in-house line basically of shoes for the department store. And it did really well. And then I got put on to create three apparel lines. So I was kind of in this like startup sector of the department store where I was like helping launch these brands and doing everything and had, like being the head of like, some of the design teams and things like that. So I had that background. And so when I quit my job, I was like, oh, I know how to like create a brand. I can definitely do this myself, but it I didn't end up actually doing it as soon as I maybe should have. I mean, I think it was perfect timing, so we're okay now. But it was about two years later of being an influencer before I launched Orium because I was just so hesitant. I was like so nervous. I thought that in order to like be able to start a brand and it be successful, I thought I needed to have like a million followers. And I quickly realized that I didn't like I I had like 100 something at the time, which obviously is an amazing starting point. But it's not like I wouldn't call that like a crazy mass following where you would like launch and automatically make millions of dollars. (laughs) Like I had obviously a really small knit community who really believed in me and people who love to shop. Like I always kind of made sure to keep my following engaged in wanting to follow me to shop, not really for any other reason.
0: Yeah, totally. It, It makes a lot of sense. And I, I also don't think that like, you know, I'm sure that someone who does have that, like, I don't think there's, first of all, like a magical number of followers and it's like poof, is success. Like unless, I don't know, like yeah. you're Kim Kardashian or Kylie Jenner or whatever. But like, and I'm sure that even, even someone who has like millions of followers, those same questions go through their head that like, no, but what if like I should probably aim for like a little higher before I do that launch? Like, you know, we always find these like little things that make a second guess as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like those little things that you don't actually believe, but you tell them to yourself as an excuse. I feel like you have to like get over those hurdles and those little excuses that you make are making that are actually not accurate. You know, like yeah. I think th- that was just like what I told myself because I was scared. It was actually kind of Matt who really pushed me to be like, no, you got this, it's time. We're doing it, you're doing it, let's go. Like, I was like, okay. So he definitely pushed me and like encouraged me to do it.
0: I love that. So. Okay. You work with your fiance on this jewelry line and like, like, I I mean, I do too, but like, tell me about the process of like, did you like, did you just tell him I want to start a jewelry line? And he was like, yes. Or was there like a convincing process? Like what was that whole time like for you?
1: We basically knew, I always knew I wanted to work with him. Like he has a finance background. He is super smart and Really great at business, obviously, and I, it, the decision was kind of first made that we wanted to work together. Like I was just like, I feel like we would make a dream team. Like I'm create, like we're such polar opposites. Like he's very type A, I'm very creative. Like I just thought that if we put our heads together, we would make something amazing. And he also has amazing taste. Um, so he helps with a lot of the design process too. Like he's great at things like that. So we kind of decided first that we wanted to be business par- partners and then like we came up with orium and like just kind of took it from there and figured it out together
0: yeah even um my partner and i as well like we are like the same thing like i'm definitely just like so so creative and he's he comes from tech so like he has that sort of like very like critical thinking like that kind of background where like he's the one who can understand like the finances much better than I do and like is able to like criticize me when I'm just like you know like very creative without a care in the world you know so Mm -hmm. I think like that balance is so important when it comes to whoever your co-founder is
1: yeah I mean I don't know, I'm sure you probably feel the same way, but I am really happy that it's my significant other because I feel like obviously it has its pros and cons, but the trust level is obviously like a very given
0: like standard (laughs) totally and also like nish and i discuss this all the time whereby like i think like of course like in order to build a successful business you are kind of married to your co-founder but like in in our case like that is like literally our partner as well so it kind of it's like a dual thing that like it's just nice because you you have to spend all your time with your co-founder it's just nice that you know we're able to do it with our partners (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I obviously, it's good and bad, but I feel like one of the good things is that you probably will have a lot of success because you are constantly working on it together because you're constantly together. Like, you literally can wake up and go to sleep and be talking about it at all times. And we don't really have any boundaries, either of us. So we talk about it literally every five seconds. So that's probably also a good thing because we... Are working on it maybe more than the average person.
0: Yeah, totally. I like could not agree more. And like, I don't know, I feel like your business is your baby. Right. And so like you, I don't know, like I'm the same way, like Nishanar, the exact same way where it's like no boundaries talking about it all the time. It's just, you know, sometimes when it's been like, the worst week ever then we're like okay we're gonna take a quick break for like dinner and like date night and just hanging out yeah and then back to it the next day because it's all we think about
1: yeah exactly I also think it's nice to like have that connection of like building something together like I would I don't think I would it would be as fun if I was just like by myself doing it I'm with <laughs> like you. it wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't like enjoy the moments as much and you wouldn't want to be like
0: talking about it with your partner all day long right they would go crazy
1: yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. so it's just nice to be able to like share the wins and like also kind of like vent about the issues too because I just I actually can't imagine like going to my partner all day long being like this happened and that happened you know yeah (laughs) exactly Like I do it right now because I'm visiting my family. And so something happens and I like, you know, I'll go to my mom and I'm like, oh, you must be so tired of hearing about this shit.
1: (laughs) I know. I don't really tell my friends even that much things that are happening. I'm very like to myself, I would say.
0: Yeah, a hundred (laughs) percent. So tell me about like, I guess some of the tips you have for someone who works with their significant other.
1: Oh my God. Great question. I would love to know. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: I, I'm trying to think, um, I mean, yeah, I definitely think that like agreeing on certain times when you're like, Oh my God, I really need a break. Just like communicating that and being like, can we go do X, Y, Z? And then like try not to talk about work, like kind of just like laying the boundaries. And I also just feel like trying to divvy up roles and divvy up tasks as much as you can. Like I think sometimes Matt and I get into a swing where we like end up doing everything together. And I'm like, this is probably not the best use of our time because we both need to be like working on separate things to be able to like get it done. So I think having like some clear defined roles really helps where like, you know, you do that and that's always your job and you do this. And that's always my job, you know? Yeah. I would love to hear your tips. I need them.
0: Honestly, like the first one, definitely we're in agreement. The second one as well, like for Nish and I, um, we have very clear cut roles in the company and like we we know where, who makes the last call, right? So for example, mm-hmm. like when it comes to brand marketing, Sometimes like Nish will be like, but why are you doing this? And like we'll debate, and of course like that debate is really healthy because sometimes he points out something that I'm not thinking about. In which case, I kind of like pivot. But if it's just a clear cut like disagreement where I just think that he has no idea what he's talking about, or like you know I I I know something (laughs) that he doesn't, and I have a gut feeling, then I make the last call. And like vice versa when it comes to more operational things or I don't know, like, I don't know, things like Facebook ads or stuff like that, which is under his umbrella. It's the same thing where like, he'll come to me, we'll debate. But then if he thinks I'm talking out of my ass and he thinks that he knows better then like, that's, that's his final call. So I think like having like, I guess those sorts of boundaries, because otherwise, what, what I hear and like with people that I know who have had issues working with their partners, I feel like that's kind of what it comes down to where there's like very, like, like a really big struggle when it comes to the leadership of the company. But like, I think for us what's worked best is like knowing who leads which part of the company.
1: Yeah, totally. Like, I feel like Matt is kind of like, we know what he makes the final decisions on and what, I do and like where my skills lie and where his skills lie. So we kind of try our best to really use both of our skills to our advantage.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you guys have like a very diverse skill set as well. So like that, I mean, that definitely works to your advantage.
1: Yeah, it's definitely tricky because I do still have influencer things going on. And like that whole part of my world is still like a huge part of my life and income. So I do all of that is kind of like completely separate and that's like all me and Matt's not really part of that. But sometimes it can get tricky with like XYZ has to get done for Orion today and XYZ has to get done for influencer life. And it's kind of like can get a little bit of a struggle on like what takes priority.
0: Oh, 100%. I actually, like, stepped back from content creation for my personal stuff. Um, I made that decision, like, earlier this year because I felt like I was drowning. Like, I couldn't do both anymore. And I would actually love to know how on earth you're managing both because, like, honestly, like, little round of applause, I I don't know how you're doing it.
1: I think that – I don't know. Honestly, I think the one thing most people would be surprised to hear – For me and and us for Orium is how much we do ourselves. Like I don't have an assistant. We don't have an assistant. Like I don't have anyone really like helping me on the day to day. Mm -hmm. But I've kind of just over time learned how to like prioritize and try to get everything done and do the best that I can. Like I constantly feel like I am getting behind in like the influencer world. So that's been kind of tough on me. But at the same time, I'm so proud of Orium. And obviously that's like my baby too. But it's tough because I want to be growing my following. And because obviously that funnels into Orium. So it's kind of this like constant struggle of trying to manage my time and like go through all of it. Because I think that obviously my community for my personal brand helps with Orium so much. So I really Mm -hmm. do still prioritize them because at the end of the day, if I don't have my community, I I don't have a job. Everything I do is because of them. So I do try to prioritize like making my personal stuff like a priority. Still,
0: that's so hard. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I'm literally, I'm in awe because it's, it's, it's so difficult. And like, I see brand founders like yourself or Mariana, for example, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the fact that you guys are managing both and like, I know like, you know, being a content creator, that is a full-time job in and of itself. And now you have essentially two full-time jobs and it's insane.
1: I try to like batch as much as I can. Like you kind of have to batch content and it is kind of all one in the same. Like I hire a photographer and he's shooting me, shooting my outfit he's shooting my jewelry. Like for me, it kind of like all works together. Um, But I try my best to just be efficient with content like i've learned to literally like take photos really fast i'm not picky i try not to like edit them too much or like take too much time editing like i try to just like move along otherwise i would go absolutely insane
0: well your pictures are like stunning so i mean and i love the fact that you know you're quick and don't think about it too much i mean it just kind of falls into place at the end of the day
1: yeah i think you can't like stress too much. And and I feel like when, you,
0: you know, when you're busy, you like are more productive sometimes. Told, oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Cause it's like, you, you get the kick in your ass that you need almost. And like, it's like, you can't dwell on like smaller things. It's like, okay, let's, let's get going.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's good. But I feel like I'm just in this routine of creating content because I'm so, I'm still so passionate about it. Like I do really love it like I do love putting outfits together and I love kind of like having a whole vibe and you know I'm like such extremes I either look like this how I look right now like no makeup (laughs) on literally threw on a t-shirt or I'm like fully dressed to the nines like no in between
0: oh I'm the same as you like I mean t-shirt no makeup just jewelry I feel like the same vibe yeah exactly (laughs) Um, Okay. So while we're talking about this influencer slash brand founder thing, so I'd actually heard about Oriam before I knew you as an influencer, which is by the way, like a huge compliment because I feel like that like shows that you've created a brand that like stands on its own two feet, right? Like even apart from you, which is like, that's a really tough thing to do. So I know that, you know, being an influencer obviously gives your brand a launch pad, but how did you ensure that it kind of grew beyond you?
1: I think that we always, like, from day one, you know, like, we didn't call it cast jewelry. Obviously, we, like, called it Orium and it was, like, going to be this whole other brand that's bigger than me, that has, like, more longevity than me. I also think it's, like, we are lucky enough to have so many other influencers supporting us. So if they are sharing like that, they're wearing Oriam like we garner maybe some of their following that follows Oriam, but like has no interest in following me. So I feel like that's kind of probably how that happens, you know, like having people who are sharing it, who are have a different audience than I have.
0: Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's so true because even for us that's proved like so, so successful where by it, 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 I like I can't take credit for Array just based on like the audience that I have. Absolutely not. Like I think that that was like a great way to get started. But then beyond that, you have to have something that that's just beyond you because at one point you're going to almost like max out your own audience. And then it's like, how do you tap into all the other networks that are out there?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's also like going to be based very strongly on like products. Like if you have a great product, that someone who has no idea who you are stumbles across and is interested in it, then you have a customer. But you can't always rely on someone who, like, really believes in me and my personal brand, so they want to support me. Like, obviously, it's a mix, and that's amazing. But you want to be able to, like, have customers from both ends.
0: Totally. What was your launch strategy? Was it just, like, did was it, like, all planned out? Like, I need to know everything.
1: I mean, I think we we kind of just like have then we're on launch collection seven now which is kind of a lot from being alive for only like a year and a half um that's insane we didn't have yeah jewelry is also different like I feel like you have to like mix it up and give people newness and keep it exciting but we we didn't really have much of a strategy like I feel like we like even today like we were launching on Thursday and we're just kind of like I just kind of feel it out. And I kind of know what works. And I don't know, I always think more is more. Like, one thing I learned is to just keep talking about it, because people follow so many people, and they maybe stumble upon it once. And you think you're like, shoving it down people's throat. But really, they don't even see it that many times. Like, I think more is more when it comes to things like that. The more you share, the more behind the scenes, the more behind the design process, the more you show each piece and how to wear it. I think it's like never enough. You can never share too much. So that's kind of like what we do. I feel like I just, I also think I always make sure when we're launching to like sit down and have like an actual speaking from the heart of like each piece and why I love it and why I designed it and kind of really just sharing like my passion for it from my own voice. Like obviously that's more towards like my following like on my personal account, but For launching, I feel like we also gift a few influencers who we know will be nice enough to like share things for us and like who actually like love the brand and will be willing to, you know, post a story that we're launching or whatever. Usually it's mostly like people I'm actually friends with who are nice enough to support. But for launching, I feel like we don't have like an exact formula. We kind of just like take it day by day and share behind the scenes and share we always try to really have like a strong content focus like we really put a lot of effort and thought into like where we're shooting and making sure like that's interesting because at the end of the day if you're such a social media brand content is king and content interesting content won't get people's attention so we put a lot of focus into like making epic photo shoots and obviously that's like the most fun part so
0: <laughs> it's also, yeah, like I mean your pictures, like for Orion, like that really like struck me. I was like, this is like so beautiful. like every picture here is like immaculate. I mean, I I was like kind of blown away.
1: Thanks it's so funny because I feel like we've done more like professional photo shoots before, and they don't perform as well. like a lot of our photos are like just iPhone photos that we are taking the flat lays on our phone or. Um, I'm modeling, like usually I'm nine times out of 10, I'm the model and I don't know what I'm actually doing when it comes to modeling. But like, I think people like, like that more, like a little bit, obviously like that perfect in between of like super polished, but not like too crazy polished. Like sometimes I look at some brand Instagrams and they look so good and so polished and I get like so down on myself, but then I'm like, Hmm, we've tried things like that and it doesn't do well for us.
0: Yeah. I also feel like people are moving into this territory where like, they like that in between. Like I remember a few years ago, everything was about like DSLR shots, right? Like just like these Mm -hmm. like really beautiful, like just perfect editorial shots that looked like, you know, they could go into a magazine. And I feel like over the last few years, people have really resonated with those like, like, in between, uh, like, pieces of content where, like, it's shot with your iPhone. It's still really beautiful, but it's almost, like, an attainable image. And even for Array, I've kind of noticed the same thing, whereby, you know, we would, for a long time, just post those, like, professional shots we would take, like, during our campaign shoots. But now we, like, definitely mix it in. Like, of course, like, we still do those, like, a few times a year. But we mix it Mm -hmm. in with just things we shoot with our iPhone and it does so well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's like maybe more interesting and not as like, yeah, I think it's I think it's also an attainability thing. Like it's you don't want it to be your brand to feel like not approachable. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like I don't need people to be like looking like they're in an editorial every day. Like we have real people who are customers.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, so I've seen Orium on a ton of celebrities. So if someone has just started their own brand, how do you recommend getting on celebrities' radars?
1: So I think um, I mentioned before, like on my story once, and people were so fascinated by this. Like, I think you just have to get in touch with people's stylists. Like most celebrities are not dressing themselves. So their stylists are really like picking out their looks head to toe. So if you're able to kind of like message the stylists or get on their radar, then you will most likely like have them dress. It's obviously extremely hard because these celebrities get so many packages and so many messages. So it's very hard to like kind of really build a relationship and get people to like it but we've been lucky enough to like have some celebrities just like follow us and then we're like oh my god and then we like message them I think it it goes back to the idea of like product you can try to force a celebrity wear your stuff but it's not going to happen if it's not something that like fits in with their aesthetic and it's the same thing with influencers like I feel like for me obviously I work with a lot of brands for paid partnerships but I post so many brands for free because I like genuinely love it. And I think it's kind of the same thing with celebs. If it's like something that you can really see them wearing and they have, most celebrities have such a specific aesthetic. So if it goes with their aesthetic, then you obviously have a much better chance of them actually putting it on or wearing it or using it or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, totally. Actually, um, I think that a lot of people are really fascinated by the fact that, you know, you, you give it to someone stylist and like, that's how it kind of ends up in their hands. Just because I think like when you, you, like you see a brand doing it and you've not done it yourself, it's almost like you have all of these questions. And I know that like, even me, like years ago, before I started Array, like that, I read this in a book, like some founder had put it in their book that like, you know, that's how they had um, Kylie Jenner post about one of their products. They'd like given it to their makeup artist and to her makeup artist. And like, she just ended up posting about the product, but like, really like it's, it's, yeah, it's like important to know who to go to, to get your thing seen by the celebrities, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of times people like will pay celebrities to endorse them or, whatever it may be, like there's definitely ways to make it happen if you like really want it to happen. And if you have like investors or something like that, you know, and you can put that money towards doing something like
0: that. Yeah, totally. Um, What are some scrappy ways to grow your business if you don't have outside funding?
1: Yes. So I would say that like literally everything we do is scrappy. I'm not joking. Um, We have done everything ourselves from day one and we still do I mean we really rely on social media it's so hard to it's the only way you can like find like-minded people without always having to pay for it like obviously we run ads and you can pay for ads but that gets really expensive and that's why I think that content really helps is really focusing on amazing content and like getting creative there and building an audience from there, because it's literally the only way to find people for free. (laughs) Um, I feel like we have always just been really scrappy and like really tried to use social media to help us. You know, I feel like what else do you guys do? I'm curious.
0: Honestly, it is like, so like I would attribute our growth to social media, honestly speaking. Like, I feel like Consumers now use apps to almost discover products like you, I mean, TikTok as well, right? Like, you see these products and like they've just blown up. Like, I saw this, I think it was like a Maybelline mascara, which has gone completely viral on TikTok. And like, even for us, like, actually, one of our videos went viral on TikTok. And the amount of customers and traffic we saw on account of that, it was just insane because people are I'm going online for like just or like. To social media for that discoverability. They're just like curious about what's out there and it's very, very cool.
1: Yeah, I need to get on TikTok on that note too. I'm like, I don't think I can add a third platform to my mind. I'm like going crazy. But I love TikTok. Do, I don't post on it.
0: Yeah, but you do reels so well. Like, I feel like, you know, just recycle it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I feel like for TikTok, I need to have like an Orium TikTok and
1: I'm still like, oh my God, I feel like it's a whole other world and I I don't know how to like operate how to actually post on the app yet. I watch it all the time, but I don't know how to like honestly create on it
0: cast like same same here. So for the longest time it was like literally like exact same story. And it was like actually this time or like in January last year. So Nish had been using TikTok for like longer than I had. And then he's like, Sif, you just need to get on TikTok like, you know, we were Around, that's like around the time where we were like doing like our big launch or like not big launch but like launching array and he's like we just like our brand needs to have a channel and I was like oh my gosh like just the thought of another app is just exhausting and I was running at the beginning arrays Instagram myself for like up up until actually just like a couple of months ago when we hired someone but um just it seemed so overwhelming but We started the TikTok account for Array in like June and July, we went viral. So I feel like it's just a completely different world from Instagram. So it's a lot. I know. I know. I need to get on it. Yeah. But it is like, I I get where you're coming from. Like we're actually right now looking to hire someone in house who's going to like fully take care of the TikTok channel because it's just right now, like beyond Nish and I.
1: I know that's what we were saying too. I was like, maybe we need to hire someone to like be the face of Orion for TikTok. But I'm like, I need to be the face of Orion TikTok. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, I feel like it's my brand that I want to, I don't, I wouldn't like, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird to like have someone totally random be. The well, face or of, like you know? they're
0: the ones who are like just doing like jewelry content without them in it. Or like you hire someone yeah. who like lives near you and then they come help you with content creation as well like things like that because like it is a beast like it's it's a whole thing yeah
1: Mm -hmm. that's what actually I'm trying to hire for right now like we are in the midst of like trying to figure out hiring like hiring like we need more people on our team like we're going crazy we have we don't have any actual employees so Mm -hmm. we're just that's kind of someone I really want to hire as someone to help me with like content creation and like TikTok and
0: it's like that. It's such a game but, changer. Like I can't even tell you. like when like re- we hired our head of social media like a few months back and like up until then it was all me. and, you know, I was so protective over it. but at the same time, like I was just losing my mind and I was like, how am I supposed to do like all of the big picture things when, like I'm out here like, doing all this posting for like, like, it's such a, like, it's such a micro task when you think of like your very, very large goals. So just like having that help has been such a game changer.
1: Yeah. I'm so curious to know how you guys are structured in terms of like, who do you, like what you have, who helps you with what?
0: So, um, yeah, for sure. So We have, it's Nish and I, and like, you know, we're, we're co-founders. Um, we have our formulator who, you know, she, she's done like the formulations. She's an incredible naturopathic doctor. So we work with her when it's time to formulate or like for any and all questions that come in, which are like, you know, a little more intensive from customers Then like within our internal, like full-time team, we have our head of social, and now she's the one kind of handling that world. Um and she does like all all like gifting we work really collaboratively together so that's her and she will hire someone kind of under her to actually right now because of how busy she is even she wants to bring someone on to do like the content creation itself and just be like her right hand so that's happening soon then we have our director of retail we have our um basically like our web designer and developer. And then we have like a few people on the team, like Mm -hmm. three other people, like uh, one girl, she's like, she manages like a lot of our operations and she's essentially like Nisha's right-hand woman. Um, It's so funny. Like she, she was in Brown and she reached out for a summer internship, like in may and we were like a baby brand in may and i was like okay well like yeah you can come on as an intern i don't know where i'm even gonna put you and then she was just the smartest person and now she's like you know she's been she was our first full-time employee so yeah like that's sort of like how things are it's like a lean team but we're all like big doers and i think like every single person has like such a significant impact like every time we've made a hire We've like seen incredible growth, like just Anish and I are like, holy shit, like we could have been doing all of this. And like you realize these things like as you make those hires, you know, so it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like what we, where we like want to get to this year is we're like, okay, we need to offload some things because we are absolutely losing our minds. Like Matt still does customer service. I'm like, guys, please be nice to Matt.
0: Oh, we, we did that. Oh my God. Like people would be calling Nisha's cell phone. Like the stories we have, like, I can't even, they're so funny because like sometimes customers would call and of course they don't realize that they're speaking directly to like the founders and like, we're happy. We'll take any criticism and then like, we'll be like, Oh, we're like the founder. And then like, we have this like long winded conversation. And like, I've, made friends with customers just because we've been like speaking directly to them for so So long. (laughs) So yeah, you do everything. Okay. So the last question I have for you is what are three books you'd recommend to people who are wanting to start their own brand?
1: Hmm, I think for me, I'm like hyper obsessed with like personal development and just I really am a firm believer in how you shape your day-to-day and your life is what you need to do to be successful. Like, I feel like you kind of have to like, act like the person that you want to be, and then you become the person that you want to be. So I'm going to be naming all like personal development type books. Um, I recently read The The Miracle Morning, which I really loved. So good. Did you read that? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really good. good. so good. You
0: have to read The 5am Club. Like... Wait, I started reading that and I did not like it. Really? Okay, so it's I it starts to off get weird. Past- yeah, it's really weird at the beginning. I was like, "What's happening?" But then when you get into the meat of it, I'm like, "Okay, this is really, really good." And there's like a lot of amazing takeaways. But it's structured a little okay, different. I got it. Like,
1: yeah, I didn't love how it was like telling a weird story. story I was like, right? Okay, can
0: you just like tell me what's happening? Like, what I why I need to wake up a fighter now? Oh my gosh, yeah. When I when I was so I was listening to it on audiobook and I was like like I kept looking at the beginning. I was like, do do I have like the right book? Like, but this is the one that is supposed to be great. And then when you get over like that and that, you get into yeah. that story, then there's like it's really really great. Like there's a lot of good takeaways and a lot of good like actual like I had to take notes by like middle of the book, but yeah, yeah.
1: okay, that's good. I'll have to give it a an, an, another chance. I also loved The Slight Edge. I'm also currently reading, have you ever read The Slight Edge? Mm Mm-mm. No, it's a good one. That that one I read a, a little bit ago. It's kind of like how your daily habits will kind of change your life. But like, I feel like for us with Orium, we're very into looking at our numbers daily. Like we're like, okay, we need to get to X in sales today instead of always looking at like the week or the month. Like we literally look at the day and like freak out over the day um and then I'm also reading right now the alter ego which I'm loving it's a it's a good one if you're like a business owner or um a content creator like it kind of tells you how to like become this alter ego person like I feel like when I'm like shooting I have like an alter ego and I feel like when I'm maybe on like a call or doing a podcast you have an alter ego like I think kind of sharing how to like be your different types of selves in different scenarios yeah like kind of how to especially as like a woman I feel like you need to like know how to put on your like boss business hat sometimes you know so that's kind of what that's about what are some other good books oh I really liked the one thing um that's kind of like about focusing on one thing obviously from the title um that was a good one because I feel like sometimes I feel like With social media, you'd be like, oh, do I need another brand? Do I need to be making Oriam like a full lifestyle brand? Like sometimes I feel like you can get so caught up in thinking you need to do so many things. And like, maybe you just need to concentrate on one thing, you know?
0: Have you read the 22 Immutable Laws of Branding?
1: I want to say I read that same book, but for marketing. I don't think, or I think I have read it for branding.
0: Yeah, I have. Cause like, it kind of tells you that like, that's kind of where businesses go wrong. Like it's, it's more on like a, like very like specific thing. Like, you know, um, he talks about how you see like line extensions and almost like brands do that and then they like lose their way. And so like, it really is that like, if you, if you found your thing, then just like laser focus and just go hard on it.
1: Yeah, that's actually kind of. I actually read that before we launched Orium. So when we first launched Orium, it was kind of when like the chain trend was like just happening, like barely. And when we launched, I was like, I want people to literally think of like gold chains and think of Orium. So that was kind of what that book taught me was to like that association. Like when we launched, we only launched everything gold. Like we weren't going to launch any silver and because I wanted everyone to think of gold and like think of Orem. So that was like what that book taught me was figuring out kind of what your brand should be first thought of.
0: I mean, it's true. Like now that I'm thinking about it, like the, the pieces, which I've, which I recall really clearly that you guys have dropped are those like really cool chain pieces. So like, you've obviously done a really good job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we try. I, I mean, I feel like we figured
0: out day by day like everyone totally. does just like everyone else does um <laughs> yeah those are like I have to try I have to read um the what is it the one thing or that's, that's what it's yeah called,
1: right? it's kind of like it's a podcast too it's pretty good the podcast um it's like they have a lot of like good exercises that you can do where oh, if I you want to like help narrow down goals and things like that okay I have to read it <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I liked it because I I feel like I'm so all over the place that it was good for me to be like, shit, I need to like focus on a little bit more clearer instead of being all over the place.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I'm always on the hunt for good books. So I feel like now I have all like three of them. You like the Slight Edge, Alter Ego, and this one. So I'm gonna bookmark all of them and get them. I need good book
1: racks. What are your three faves?
0: Oh my gosh. I like there's so many, so, so many, but like from a business perspective, um, I really like how to build a story brand by Donald Miller. Like I, I read that before we launched Array and it is like, it is incredible. Like even I recommend it to my friends who don't have businesses, but they're like content creators or, you know, even Mm -hmm. working within a business, it's, it's really good. It helps you kind of like Narrow your voice and understand the part you play in a customer's journey. Um, I thought it was incredible. I love that one. I also really like good to great. I finished it a few weeks ago. It's a long read, but everyone says that it's like you know one of those like bread and butter of like growing a business and it really is like the things that I've learned I think like it's completely like it it's invaluable like you'll love it. Like, especially now, as you're thinking of making those hiring decisions, like, I feel like it's just so relevant. Okay, perfect. And then, what would a third be? I guess, probably one of, like, the self-developed... Okay, wait, now I'm going to pull out my Audible and see what my favorite books have been lately.
1: I really haven't read that many business books. I I need to get on that.
0: (laughs) I started um, after or, like, right, I guess, like, a little before launching Array, um, I I just, like, so now what I do is I'll do a business book and, like, a self-development book, like, altering, and then I'll always Uh have, like, something, I don't know, like, a lighter read, like, like a biography or something that's really inspiring like i'm also reading or listening right now to obama's book as like my leisure read so i always have that going but like i alternate between self-development and business because i'm with you like self-development books have like shaped who i am and they're incredibly important in like how i structure my days like how i like my entire outlook when it comes to life Okay, so actually, the third one I would say is like if I'm talking self development, it's Spirit Hacking by Shaman Durek. Um, it's have you heard of Shaman Durek? I don't
1: think so. I'm I'm also very like I actually don't read that much, I'm very like auditory learning, like I okay. listen to a lot of podcasts.
0: Yeah, so you just listen to him on a podcast, so I probably was- have.
1: No, because he's been
0: yeah, he's been on a lot of podcasts. He was on mine as well. Oh my God, he's incredible. Like I can't say enough good things about him. Um and his book as well. Like I listened to it and it was life changing. Like so, so good. So yeah, those are probably my three book recommendations.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'll have to listen to his episode on yours.
0: Yeah, he's he's like he's oh my gosh, I can't even like he's incredible.
1: Okay, excited.
0: Okay. Um, Cass, thank you for being here. Tell everyone where they can find you.
1: You can find me. My personal Instagram is at Cass C-A-S-S-D-I-M-I-C-C-O. And then Orium is A-U-R-E-U-M dot collective on Instagram. Instagram's always the best way to find people these days.
0: It's true. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Cass. All right. Thank you.